0: Welcome to the newly cleansed and refreshed in the game podcast, where we invite you to transform your dreams into reality. Every week, we aim to touch, move and inspire you to new possibilities for your life. My name is Sarah Maxwell. And is it really time for me to now intro my own show? Heck no. Bring in the Aussie talent to get it done. With their groundbreaking
1: first season as The Nat and Sarah Show, the foundation has been laid for a life of manifesting your dreams. Join us as we delve into the nuts and bolts of what it really takes to bring those dream boards into reality. It's time to dust off your dreams and get back in the game of life. Are you a member of the community? Head to Facebook and search In The Game Podcast to download your three-step journal to begin the workshop-style teachings and gain exclusive access to your hosts and featured guests. Get ready to take
0: action on your possibility. Today, we continue the conversation with the first Indigenous female to represent Australia in volleyball at the Olympic Games. Taliqua Clancy was raised in Kingaroy, Queensland, which is over 200 kilometres from any beach. And yet she was recruited at age 15 and travelled away from her family to train full-time, as a beach volleyball player and pursue her dreams. This is when she met Nat and myself during her training and for a mentoring relationship with Nat that continues to this day. Look how far you've come T, in those 12 years. I won't tell some of those stories that I remember <laughs> of you being in the sandstorm office. I won't tell those in your intro, don't worry. Um, Her dream to be an Olympic gold medalist and world champion have been put on hold while the Tokyo 2020 games have been delayed due to COVID's worldwide impact. It really is hard to fathom what it would be like to have your dreams stunted like that. But a silver lining just might be Taliqua's chance to increase the impact she can make on behalf of her people. During this extra time, perhaps more people can learn to understand and respect what it is to be part of the oldest civilization on earth, Aboriginal Australians. So you ready to open this up, Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Look, when Nat shared that you were going to be an iconic Australian on the coin for your country, representing your people, like I was really moved by that. But what does it feel like when it's you? What does that even feel like?
1: Honestly, it's really crazy for me because I still feel like I'm still so like early and like in the beginning stages of my career. Mm -hmm. So it is I feel like that's a moment in like ten more years where I'll have this like real understanding of how special it is to be an Indigenous athlete on that coin and representing my people. But for sure I am I'm extremely proud still for sure. But
0: yeah. Does your I need a bit of time. Yeah. And I get that. And I agree with you. It's all in retrospect when we look back, but is there anyone in your family who's really pumped about it? Who thinks it's special?
1: Um, My family is definitely the one where they will tell everybody else how proud they are and happy they are, but Mm -hmm. not as so much to my face, but I know, I know they're extremely proud of me. Um, And for me, I get to share it with them. You know, I wouldn't be in this position without them. Like they've given me this incredible opportunity and it's awesome that I can share this with them.
0: And I want to talk about um, in a minute that you went to the Australian Mint when you were young, because I think that's an incredible story. But first, but first, you mentioned your family. And I will say that I was instantly struck with how close your family is to you and how integrated they are in your sport life. And so is that a cultural thing? Because I remember thinking, I don't think my family was this involved in my career as Talik was. This. So is that sort of a cultural thing?
1: uh yeah I think so I feel like um we're that involved in everyone's life um I do believe too because my mum was 17 when she had me um like I call my grandparents mum and dad you know so I'm extremely lucky and fortunate in that way I do feel that my mum's two sisters too because she's one of three that they both you know had that connection even though they're my auntie is like as that I am their daughter because you know like I was the first grandchild for 26 years I was the only grandchild so I believe like I was kind of the baby for a really long time um, and yeah so but they definitely set me up on this journey no doubt like I've never they never really said no to much of my opportunities to go and compete unless like financially we weren't able to to, to make those like trips and opportunities that were given to me but again I'm still so blessed that they, they they found a way every time to give me the opportunity to follow my dreams.
0: Do you know how they found a way because Nat and I were chatting about this interview before. And we were, th- we were actually saying that we're like, did T ever feel like she had restrictions because of how much a trip costs? Like, how did they do it?
1: Honestly, I never, I knew that we were definitely not the most rich, but I never felt like I went without. So when I was told that unfortunately we won't be able to do like soccer, it's such an expensive sport. I remember mom just telling me like, we can't do soccer anymore. It's too expensive. And I was like, okay, yep. Yeah, I get it. You know, like there was never that, um, you know, I was never hurt by that in such a way. Like I was like, okay, I get it. I understand. But honestly, I don't even know how they did it. They just worked hard. My mom is one of the hardest workers ever. Like, yeah, her mentality, like she is a workaholic for sure.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. And so I am curious about this excursion trip. So you go, so you take a bus or something or you fly to Canberra to visit the Royal Australian Mint. Is that what happened?
1: Yeah, but honestly, to actually, this was the first email I ever opened and I knew
0: exactly what it was. I've never been so excited by
1: an email. It all was like started in like our grade seven camp. We all got on a bus from Kingaroy down to Canberra and the mint was just one of the stops. Okay. And so instantly when I read it, I was like, oh my God, this is such an incredible opportunity. Like I, I couldn't believe it. But yeah, it was literally like a grade seven camp. My mum came as one of the parent guardians. I couldn't like, so crazy that that would even like come full circle. Yeah.
0: And so when you're on this trip and you're, I don't know if it's like a factory, I've not been there, but did you ever have dreams of who are these people on these coins anyway? And that you could be one of them.
1: Honestly, I don't even remember at that stage of having them, having people like a part on the coins and stuff. I just remember like, whoa, this is when they make money. <laughs> you know? So it's like, this exactly. is so cool and I remember taking home, you know, you get to like put like you put a bit of money and you spin the dial and you get to take home your $2 piece like you make your own coin. So yeah, oh. that's like my memory of the place.
0: Yeah, I think I, I totally get it. It's funny how we want to ask you these questions like as if you had some poignant moment being there as a kid and all you really remember is the coin that you brought back. <laughs> but I guess what it does ask me with you is... Do you remember back then what you dreamed about being one day when you grew up?
1: Oh, 100%. I've always wanted to be an athlete. Like, I don't even know how I knew it, but I just, like, knew that was my destiny, like, straight away. And then watching the 2000 Olympics, I was like, okay, I'm going to be an Olympian. Like, it was just... And it's crazy because, like, it's so hard when I speak to other people because, you know, that's not the case for everybody, but I've just, I've always known... Where I was going, like there's just never been a doubt.
0: Yeah, right. And so, when you're watching the 2000 Olympics, was it I want to go there for anything? Like, a, you would be a gymnast, or did you have your sights on particular sports?
1: I never had a. Actually, I never had a sight on a particular sport. To be honest, um, I just I would try anything. That's the thing at that stage of my career. So there was really not much that like. You know, even though Kathy Freeman was the driving force of me wanting to go to the Olympics, like I wasn't because I wanted to be a runner. I just, you know, yeah, it's crazy. I I definitely would never thought it was for beach volleyball, that's for <laughs> sure. I didn't even know beach volleyball existed. Sorry, Nat. Had you so been sorry. to the
0: beach when you were growing up? Because you live far away from the beach. Yeah,
1: we had a few holidays at the Sunshine Co. So I I love the beach. Maybe not so much the sand as much as I did then.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell me about Kathy Freeman and you're watching the games what was the impact like what were you seeing in her that had you want to go and do maybe not be a runner but be at the games
1: I think it's just seeing another one of your people on the screen you know like there was no other sports where you'd see um female aboriginal athletes like you just I can't even think of one outside of Kathy until that moment like you saw obviously all the great rugby players and and they're, again, great, like, idols as well. But to have a really strong female, like, that's that was a total game changer.
0: Yeah, great point that, that you're making about a female in particular. And to then realise that you've got this stance as the first female volleyball player, Indigenous volleyball player, like, are you connecting these dots at all that you went and basically are now, um, you know, standing on the shoulders of what Kathy Freeman created for you in 2000?
1: honestly when you said that I didn't really think about it that much um not not like that I didn't realize I not, how privileged that is again like I said like it's still like an odd feeling because I still feel like I'm in the beginning so it was more an honor when people say that I'm a part of like the 52 Aboriginal athletes who competed at the Olympics I'm like wow I get to stand alongside all these amazing athletes like that is a massive privilege for me
0: mm-hmm. and why do you think there hasn't been another one yet why do you think you're first
1: um oh there's definitely not enough diversity going around in sport um I still don't believe there's a great pathway and cultural understanding to to help other aboriginal kids you know to to really push to that high level in sport Mm -hmm. I don't they feel like it's there especially you know we aren't just good at footy and you know and good at netball like we're we're amazing athletes and you know, I fell in love with the sport of beach volleyball. I know there's definitely other sports where we can completely like, you know, tear it up, <laughs> in words, you know, Yeah, there's the opportunity there for sure.
0: So just because I've known a little bit through Nat, a little bit more about your career, you've trained in very predominantly white Australian environments, most of your career, like most of these 12 years um, or since you were 16. So what has it been like for you as you get older realizing you know when you connect to fellow black friends and family members like what are you kind of picking up about the differences in that white environment versus um some of the comfort level you feel with your black friends
1: oh it's completely different i don't think i really realize now until like later like i'm 28 now so you know i haven't really realized that was a massive part that i was missing you know i always was a proud aboriginal woman but I feel like my parents raised us in a very smart way of being able to like, I don't know, how would you, what, where would you say, like to really like interact and jump in and out of being and like being Aboriginal to white, which might sound weird for some people, but that like literally is. To learn how
0: how to integrate or maybe. Totally
1: integration. Totally. Because I don't think I would be where I'm at without having that capability and I do feel like that is a like it's lost a lot in that cultural awareness because you know some people you know they need that bit more support and guidance like I was a very quiet shy athlete and it took me not until probably 18 to really start finding my voice and and you know like that's how I found my voice but I definitely felt the disconnect of people understanding my myself because Mm -hmm. they don't have that they don't really see me in that Aboriginal mindset and space. So I've had a lot of disconnect when I've had to try to explain, not just for myself, but also other black athletes, that you know what, no, this is how we need to be treated. This is how we operate at our best. And then I can see my white athletes around me going, like, No, 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 that's not it. And I'm like,
0: Okay, <laughs> like you just used to think it was something about you? Did you kind of think, oh, maybe I need to shift and change and kind of fit into a mold? And was that what you were trying to do initially and before you found your voice?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so, for sure. Like it, yeah, for sure. It's it's hard to describe, definitely, Mm -hmm. but it is completely different when I'm around my mates, my Aboriginal friends and my best friends, to when I have to go into a, a a white space. Like you just yeah i could not i couldn't be the same person and people don't understand me and also i feel like they find that power that comes with my aboriginal culture it overwhelms them honestly like it really overwhelms them
0: yeah which, got it. yeah so i just had this thought i want to clear up some terminology because i think you know we're saying things like your black friends your aboriginal friends yeah, your indigenous We haven't even said this yet, but First Nations, what do you relate to? And I know it's kind of shifting and changing a little, but what's, give us some respect lingo. Respect? What would be Um, respectful?
1: I would say First Nations is definitely respectful. um, And I feel like Aboriginal is like probably the best, most respectful way to like start when you're like entering. Great. The the community, I definitely feel like that's a really great <laughs> place to start if you're unsure. Um, yeah. yeah cool. Definitely.
0: I know, and you're thinking, like duh. And <laughs> and I'm asking you because I know from having a black background, there's a lot of discomfort around what to say, and and sometimes that just stops the conversation. And I hope this is about having more conversations. So thank you for that. Um I appreciate that a lot. So when you became the first australian aboriginal woman to play volleyball at the olympics it was in 2016 so it was the real olympics and you know you're you're famous for having little um aboriginal flags on your fingernails so what did that mean to you wearing your flag in that way
1: yeah it was important it was like honestly honestly there was no way that i wasn't going to be um, wearing the aboriginal colors on my on my fingernails mm-hmm. um It's important, you know, it's exactly like what Cathy did. You got to like, I'm proud and yeah, I'm Australian, but I'm also, I'm Aboriginal, you know, I'm First Nations, you know, that is something that needs to be put out there. And, you know, there's only, I'm only one of 13 females in the, of the Olympians. So there's 52 Aboriginal athletes and there's only 13 female within that group. So.
0: Okay, I'm goosebumps, what?
1: Yeah, it? which is insane. It's insane. So,
0: Taliqua, that's yeah. insane. I know, like I ever. Know. I know, like ever. And your your people have been around for seventy five thousand years. So, hello. Yeah. Oh, that okay. I didn't know that. That yeah. fifty two wasn't great, and now we're at thirteen for women. Yeah. I no wonder you were only seeing Kathy. Yeah, two thousand <laughs> Olympics. Oh, holy cow! And look, this might lead into this question too a little bit, but can you give me the 101 on reconciliation? So I'm Canadian, many of our listeners are not Australian, right? So, and sadly, those who are Australian will probably need some of this 101 description. What does the movement mean to you, the reconciliation movement?
1: I think the first thing for me with reconciliation is making sure that our culture is still alive and, and sharing it with all the Australian community. Like, that's really what the, big, the like, leading force of Reconciliation Week is. Mm-hmm. And then for myself, I feel like if we're going to take a step, a really great step in reconciliation, it is, and I don't think many people know this, that when Captain Cook came to Australia on his boat and he said, he declared um, Australia as this, which means there was no First Nations or anybody who was, Ha- like inhabited on, inhabited the island. So it was literally a blank canvas. There was nobody here. And like, for me, I feel like that is something that needs to take a massive step. We're the only country who hasn't done that too, which is absolutely insane. But-
0: to acknowledge that that was- The like First Nations, policy. yeah.
1: Yeah, First Nations people. Australia is the only, uh, only country in the world who has never done that.
0: Not acknowledge that in that moment, he kind of, not kind of, yeah. he erased- your existence yeah. in that proclamation yeah
1: it's in the books that it's Terranilius, and we're literally the only country in the world who has never acknowledged first nations people
0: mm. Oof. that's intense yeah and does is that what reconciliation means like keeping your culture alive instead yeah, of almost like trying to disappear your culture the way captain uh, cook did
1: I think it's more like a learning, you know, there's a lot like, you know, even throughout the Stolen Generation, you know, there's a lot of Aboriginal people who are still learning about their culture and and didn't know and had to go on that journey. Like Adam Goods was definitely one of them. Um, Carl Vanderkamp, he um, spoke recently about his journey in that too. He was adopted. Mm -hmm. So it's about like, yeah, making sure that it doesn't die because it, it is still out there. We've lost so many language groups. And mm-hmm. the ones that are still alive, it's about, you know, sharing them with everyone so they don't die.
0: I love that. So can you help me a little bit? Because you know when, so this is for Australians now, when you have a gathering and there's, especially if it's somebody from the government, you get this kind of like introduction and in reverence of, you know, the the Welcome owners of the land, yes. the custodians tell me why that's so meaningful cuz i think that it's so much more powerful than we realize what does that mean when we do that
1: yeah i feel like again it's that step it's a tiny step it's a baby step to like you know acknowledging our people well my people um and yeah i think it is extremely important you know and i feel like you know it shouldn't just be the aboriginal people making those welcome to country it should also be white australians it should be like everybody you know like it's important it's a great step forward but yeah i still feel like there's a a lot of ways to go and even when you are you know if you're honored to even do a welcome to country it's really like you know taking the time to get that cultural awareness as well to understand how important that is because Mm. when i get asked to do it i'm so proud but then also i want to make sure that i'm doing my ancestors proud as well so I get like so nervous when I get oxygen because I'm like hey, this is important like you know I've just I want to nail this like this is so important
0: I like that I love that so to, so to bring me in a little bit in terms of ancestry because I feel that that's the gift that you bring and that's in in this kind of way that's what you brought to me instantly when I met you there was this sense of oh it's not just Taliqua like she comes with a tribe there's like the tribes around her right (laughs) yeah but then i know there's deeper tribe right tell me about the ancestry that comes along with you
1: i can't even describe it it's just like what we grow up with you know like you have your elders like my grandparents are leading elders my great uncles and like aunties and you know all mob or even in other tribes and stuff like i'm woolly woolly that's my tribe they're my people and then like, you know, my friend Beryl, like she's got another mob, you know, so, yeah. but you always respect the elders, there's always, no matter what community you're stepping into, you know that, you know, there's ancestors that are lived there before, and then also there's the elders that are there, so you have to respect them, so when you're stepping into somebody else's land, or, you know, in even if it's just their home, you know, like, yeah. you know, that that's a meeting place, so it's, yeah, it's, mm. I don't know how to describe it, it's just kind of what, you have and you just know it
0: yeah you're like it's almost to me like a fish in water yeah I'm asking you about the water and the fish is like yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. like like they don't know it as water because it just is
1: but they're great questions too, to actually be able to explain that because you know they're the questions that a lot of people actually wouldn't understand so I'm actually happy you're asking because it's like
0: yeah how do I describe it yeah and I get that you just bring it alongside you. So if you imagine yourself heading into, you know, Tokyo 2020, that will be in 2021. And you have this like dream and this vision for winning a gold medal. So we said 13 women, Aboriginal women have ever gone to the Olympics. And so to be a gold medalist, tell me about your ancestors. And by the way, guys, she doesn't know I was going to ask this question. So she's, you're just on the spot a little bit, but How can your ancestors and all that's before you, like you come from the oldest civilization on the planet. How do you feel that that can help lift you during one of the most important moments of your life?
1: I think it's just, honestly, I just think about like the struggle that they had to go through and how lucky I am (laughs) to be in the position that I am. I wouldn't be here without their sacrifices. So that gives me like, you know, if they can go through all that struggle, and hurt what they go through. Like, I can do this. I
0: love it. Thank you for saying that. Like, I know, um, the All Blacks I don't know if you've read this the book by the All Blacks, I haven't. and um, they talk a lot about their history and how they use their history to really like lift them up and be so dominant as a and not just dominant once, like over and over again. So, yeah. I really appreciate what you just shared there. So I want to um, make sure that I ask you about indigenous health. Cause I know you're really passionate about it and I'm passionate about health, but adding the average, like the indigenous twist here, why does that matter to you?
1: We do like have a fair line of like health risks. And I just, you know, like we do have in terms of lifespan, like we actually have a very short compared to the average white Australian. So I just want to make sure that we're like leaning in good positive directions. Like I feel like, as well, even health is mental health as well. So, you know, like, as much as people don't like to acknowledge, there is still a lot of trauma and I still don't um, believe that we managed our mental health very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, and that's important too. And that starts with that physical health as well. And being an athlete, like, mm-hmm. I I think that's like, you know, that's a really good way for me to help share my knowledge and what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I love, like, I work with Deadly Choices. I'm an ambassador for them. I've always loved the work they've done. So I'm so grateful that I was able to get on board this year because they just, you know, always doing health checks and making it fun. Like, they make it really, really fun as well. And I think that's, like, important because I can understand and I see it in my families too, like, that although health risks that come, you know, it's come through my family as well. So mm-hmm. I can if I can help them make better decisions or just be a, a little bit more active... And to start those really great routines with with their family and pass it down onto their kids, like, yeah, I love that. It's really important to me.
0: So I'm so glad you brought up kids because I've seen you with kids and it's, it's special. And what is it that you, if you think about health, Indigenous health and kids, where do you think you can make a real impact?
1: um well they're kids you know like that's the time when you need to start teaching them them really good routines as an athlete I wish I was doing it in high school a lot better like I feel like gosh why wasn't I like having a really nice balanced diet and oh so much honestly like even just doing what did you used to eat you
0: know tell me what you used to eat as a kid like what were your um, bad habits let them I out to right now. my
1: mum under the bus but I would like take packets of chips to school like Shaves like I was bad. I was so good. I was like a coke. I was like addicted to coke like full sugar I didn't even realize you could even get addicted to coke to be honest So not until I got to Adelaide down to the national program. And they were like that's not good for you. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> you, so know, wow, you were drinking like, that
0: in like until you were 15 16 heading to the program.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: I'm not laughing because I actually know that if I recall my childhood like there was so much transition happening in, in my world as well. And like the under, you know, the things that we now know, like my mom, like you said, my mom didn't even know. And I would say my mom was health minded and she, there were things that just weren't being talked about yet. So, okay. So you had your, your Coca-Cola habit back then. So like, imagine if your two nieces, you know, if, if they started drinking Coke all day at their young age, would you just be like devastated?
1: Yeah, I would actually, 100% would, you know, like, oh yeah, I would, you know, I just, I do believe in a, in a balance, a good balance. Like I don't want to take all the way the truth. Like, you know, you're young too. You don't, that's the best time to have it because you can't be working that off when you get older. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I hope I can instill with them some really good, strong routines, even just around the cultural stuff, you know, to be extremely um proud and to stand up for themselves. Cause I don't really like, Not until now, growing up, did I realise some things that people just shouldn't have been saying to me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, even, like, you're – I would – I didn't cop it so much on the, I would say, bad racist, but I would definitely get the, like, but you're not that black. And I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) Oh, okay. Excuse me. And I, like, you know, my nieces, you met them before, they they have that fairer skin, so I don't want them – to feel like not empowered by culture and to, and to, you know, have the voice to speak up for themselves and be like, you know what, sorry, but that's not respectful. I don't appreciate that. This is actually my heritage. It's my people. It doesn't matter with my skin color, you know, just to have that voice to speak up and to know, you know what, like that's not right. Like to educate.
0: OK, you just brought up something really, really great, I think, because I think sometimes we have this perspective of tell us about your blackness, Taliqua. But hey, if within your own community, there's like comments, there's being treated like you're not black enough and then you you quiet down. I I'm so glad you brought that up because some people can't even imagine that you're under pressure in your own community to like prove yourself sometimes. And I have a friend actually whose daughter, so she is like mixed parents and the daughters at school and they're saying that to her, Oh, you're not really Aboriginal. Mm-hmm. And she's like the, the mom actually changed her schools in the end. She was just so passionate about this, but it was like devastating for that little girl. Cause she's really proud. Yeah. And to be, yeah. So even inside of the race itself, like defending who you are and what you're about and your ancestry, I just think is, um, it's complicated. It's actually not so black and white, is it?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. It is it very complicated. And because now, like, you know, from my experiences, like I said, I was always proud, but I didn't realize how like, you know, people were still like understanding that like racism that comes with it. And, you know, I feel like as kids it's trying to get out that bad habit of making that normal. It's not a normal behavior to do and i do and i've had a conversation too with another great athlete um who's trying to go to softball for the olympics um, janice blackman and she's a teacher at a school and she witnessed somebody another aboriginal kid do this to another aboriginal kid who just had fair skin so i think yeah it's it's difficult because you know in australia it's such a long history there's people only now you know at like the age of 30 knowing that they're Aboriginal and trying to track back their family and you know I'm I was just so lucky that I was brought up and raised with it and like being proud of it so it's it's hard I yeah I don't really know that's a good start like how do you stop people getting into that judgment and not putting pressure on like what your blackness is like it's it's difficult but I'm hoping that I can hopefully spread a good word, you know, like to be proud and, and it's okay. You don't have to know everything about it. it's, it's about being proud and, and just trying to, you know, learn about culture and keep it alive. It doesn't matter if you know language or not, you know, it's important that you just spread a positive word.
0: So on that, um, I want to, you know, when you say to keep culture alive, um, what do you want non- aboriginal people to know just a baseline like what do you want them to know about your culture that would be respectful and empowering what is it that you really want them to know about your culture
1: i think it's just for them to to understand the beauty of aboriginal culture especially when it stems around you know that tight family and the passing down of the stories and the dream time and the paintings and And if you're fortunate enough to know language, you know, to learn that, like we have a beautiful culture just Mm -hmm. sitting there and it's your first nations people. Like I want people to, to learn that and to know that, but also it doesn't mean shine away from the dark side. I feel like a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. Like we have to embrace that side too. It's not any of us are sitting here, like hating on anyone. Like we just want it to be respected and acknowledged that this is what's happened, but this is also the beauty of our culture. That, is what, yeah, that's what I want people to know. And we all want to know. That's why we have Reconciliation Week.
0: Got it. That was great. Thank you for, I feel like I'm, I'm getting it, you know? So thank you. Um, do you ever feel like the weight of, there's a weight of representing your people when you compete in sport? Like in an ideal world, what would you hope your image as an iconic symbol of Australia could mean for your nieces, let's say, growing up in a world that they're maturing into,
1: um, pressure. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say I feel pressure in 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 terms of when I'm competing and playing volleyball. Like that's just normal, you know. That's just me doing my thing, and I love yes. that. Um, but I do feel pressure in terms of like making sure that I represent my people well mm. on platforms like that. I do feel a bit of pressure, um, mm. but also it's it's a nice pressure too because you know i, I do want to be a great role model i hope i can help just one aboriginal person out there even just you know to educate a bit of, of white australia and to mm-hmm. and you know to take a step forward in our movement for for reconciliation so yeah i do feel pressure around that i i really hope that i can represent my people well mm-hmm. and yeah i hope that i can you know pass that down to my nieces as well
0: and I'm going to end on this because I feel like you've got this really cool relationship with pressure. You know, I've heard you talk about, I've seen you compete. I've seen you under pressure. And it's like, what is it that you say to yourself when you're under pressure that has you say? cause you just said it just then. Oh, I like it. So yeah. what is that? Have you always had that? Or is that, did someone teach you about that?
1: I think, I've always liked it. I've always loved like the high performance sport, but yeah, it's hard to break that barrier of like, you know, that nervousness where it can like stiff you up for sure. Um, but I've always loved it. I've always chased that feeling. I've never been scared of that feeling, but you know, as you get into seeing that I'm like, no, this is my time. I'm like, this is the moment. This is the moment that you've been waiting and wanting like we step into that. So. So you uh, literally yeah, step it. into it. You,
0: you literally just said, I chase that feeling, like legitimately you chase it?
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially like world champs. And, you know, if you want to achieve those goals, like I think like, you know, it's like, no, this is that feeling that I'm feeling right now. I'm like, this is what you want. Like, this is where you want to be. Like, really yeah. Cool.
0: And That's good. it is. Yeah. Thank you for how you describe that. Because I, I sense that when I was watching Kathy Freeman's video, her documentary, no, really. when she talked about, like yeah just stepping right into it and it's not saying there isn't pressure it's like just stepping right into it so I just want to thank you so much for sharing yourself being so honest I think you have a beautiful way of communicating and what I think is even cooler is that I sense that the pressure that you put on yourself to represent your people maybe even stronger than the pressure to win a gold medal but guess what you love pressure so bring it on
1: Oh my god i'm so excited thank you
0: we so appreciate you listening to the show don't forget to join the community on facebook by searching in the game podcast there you can download your three step journal and participate in our weekly live video chats hold on hold on hold on five stars five stars five stars and then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny maybe a bit serious so if you want to recommend this to someone you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review
1: thanks